This is Jesse Hensley. And this is Josh Turner. Welcome to Turn Down for What. Welcome back to Turn Down for What. I'm back. Hey. I'm feeling better. I was uh still, still don't look no better, but oh well. That's true. That's that's never gonna improve though. Well, you it's, know. It gets worse every day. <laughs> but uh yeah, I was pretty under the weather last week. I I felt I listened back to the uh episode and I felt like I basically didn't say anything the whole time. And what I did input was like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, what's new? I mean it's just <laughs> I uh I wasn't feeling great. I was you, you sounded rough. Down with the COVID. Oh, yep. but, yeah. No, it was uh I've uh, actually had it multiple times and it kicked me in the butt this time. Yep. I had the chills and it was it wasn't any fun. But thrills that were multiplying. Chills and thrills. It was control. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, so thank you everybody for joining in. We've just lost everybody. I'm so. I'm back and I'm ready. I'm kicking. So it was uh a fun week, but fun I'm I'm week. grateful to be on the tail end of it and back back up and running. Well, so. no one cares about what you feel like; they want to know the news. Everybody cares. They, I bet you everybody listening in last all week six was people like, are like, "We don't care about him." <laughs> where <laughs> where is Josh, the staple of the show? <laughs> yeah, I'm back. He's back. So, all right. Well, since you're back, I will let you kick off with the news. All right, first news article of the day. Yep, Europe. <laughs> no, Ford announces a uh, 2025 Ford freaking Ranger. I know that truck. I know that truck. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's it's going to be a plug-in hybrid. Mm-hmm. Not available in the United States, nope. but um, plug-in hybrid, 28 miles of electric range. Yep. Um, looks like the powertrain will make over 443 pound-feet of torque. Which now that is based on them saying that it will be greater than the existing and the existing one you can get this with a 3.0 liter diesel which has that much torque so if it's going to have more than that obviously it might have a lot more who knows yeah i mean you've seen a lot of the plug-in hybrids have decent numbers because you can utilize the battery pack for the instant torque aspect yeah match Um, trucks that way it has a lot of power yeah it's more powerful than the 3.0 or Bravo, yeah, any of those others it was out there. Um, it's still not a lightning. Not a lightning. But, but he can also get 600 miles a <laughs> tank. He so. has an extended uh, tank on his hybrid. and so I mean, like he, 32 gallons. It's like $7,000 every time you got to fill it up. So. He, yeah, we went, um, we were on a rush trip to Nashville. And I, I took, uh, we took his truck to get there and back. It wasn't Nashville, it was Northern Virginia. And... Uh, <laughs> hopped in the truck drove all the way up stopped to fill up we had to fill up with one tank of gas so traditionally with my truck it would have cost this is a tangent i'm sorry but traditionally with my truck it would have cost about bucks, 15 yeah bucks. 14 bucks maybe twice so let's just say 30 bucks the, at the worst at, at the seen, worst yeah. to fill up to get there and back it took one full tank of gas to get all the way there and back it, it turned out to be 120 dollars to get there and back from from where we live in East Tennessee to Northern Virginia and back, where I would have spent maybe thirty bucks on electric. Yep, which just resonates. It's wild that this industry, I feel like, will have a niche that will. And that was that would be including paying. I mean, the benefit is I get to leave the house at eleven cents a kilowatt, which is our local residential rate for power, and get almost all the way there. I need one DC fast charge, which obviously is going to cost more, but I mean, 15, 
20 bucks tops. Yeah. And then I can get almost all the way back. I probably have to top off um, one more time, maybe, maybe a half of a fill. And then I can get all the way back. And then I'm back plugged in for my 11, 12 cents. But I mean, it's one of those things that the amount of money for fuel in a hybrid, I mean, it's a truck. It only gets like 22 for the hybrid truck, but nonetheless, um, you know, it, there's the power stats and everything, but gas is still very, very expensive. But so the, uh, the plug-in hybrid Ranger, um, obviously not coming to the U.S. market yet, similar to what they've done with the Expedition, uh, not the Expedition, the Explorer. They announced the EV version of the Explorer coming out, uh, but that's a Europe-based thing first. I think that we will see it transition over. Um, but that's one of those things that we have to basically, uh, so Australia, once again, you're getting a very cool vehicle. Um, this is the, <laughs> you get Ford before we do. Yeah. Uh, kind of like the Ranger, uh, the Raptor Ranger, which was a very cool, uh, vehicle for that market as well. So they get it first. Yep. And the, the other part about this, it gives you that power or what was it called? The, uh, the pro power option. So you'll be able to run that truck as a generator on job sites. I think that's probably one of the coolest parts of this. You, you know the size it. of that battery? Uh, it didn't say. Uh, I, I went through about six different articles trying to find out. It didn't I mean, give any details. If it's all details. electric range, let's just assume, let's say 2.5 because it's a smaller truck. Maybe 25 that would be a, that, I bet you it's a 10. Not even that much. Probably yeah. a 10. So, I mean, you could get, for a job site and for a plug-up, you can get some oh, man, power you could run, usage. You, you could run everything just on that, on that what is it, 28 miles? You'll be able to run every piece of equipment that truck can handle all day long just on that 28 miles. Yeah, I mean, 10 kilowatts is a lot. I mean, I think all day long is a question mark. Well, but you got to remember, it's got an onboard generator. It will, it will create yeah, I mean, then that power. Then you so. could turn around and uh, use the gas, I suppose, um, yep. in, that, in that regard. But that's something that, um, you know, the pro power on board will be nice. Um, I think, yeah, Matt's truck has the pro power on board. And that's oh, it because, does? I think because it has that small hybrid battery. But there is a uh, there is some extra power connections on his truck, not the same as ours, because ours is a big, big, big old battery pack. Yeah. So but I I think this once again brings up the conversation of the practicality of the plug-in hybrid. We were saying uh, we were talking about yeah, this we were before just before we came about on this. air. Yeah. The plug-in hybrid is going to be a very solid use case for 80, 90 percent of the average American, the average resident, just because the average person in a day, including myself. I don't go over 30, 40, 50 miles a day. I think the hard part, though, here's the hard part for EV or for any automaker is the fact that once you do that, now you have another additional cost that you didn't have before. So now you have to have the electronic packs. Now you have to have everything else to go with it. Now you're having batteries added that you didn't have before. Even with a hybrid more system, upkeep. you've yeah. got more money, more money, more technology. Or, the, or more. The average person, the average person, if they get and they're able to get a plug-in hybrid one, most of them qualify for the tax credit system. Yep, yep, yep. But two, you're dealing with a situation where people who have the range anxiety of, you know, of dealing with electric, full electric vehicles, which I think is, we've already talked about this, but it's not really that big of an issue. But if, if it is a concern, you could have a vehicle that you could go to work and back every day, all electric, and not be chart paying gas prices. You go to the grocery store. Yep. You could go pick up your kids from school, whatever, make it back home, all electric, plug it back in every night. You're full in the next day. And you're not pulling a huge amount of power off the grid if you're it's only filling up charging. 10 or 20 yeah. 
uh, kilowatt battery. So Even if you charged at one kilowatt an hour on a real slow charger, you'd fine. still, by the next morning, have enough to do yep. your full day of range. You'd probably plug it in. Um, if I remember correctly, on my 120, when I had when I first got the truck and I plug it in, I think I was able to get like 17 or 18 miles a day just by, or at night time, just by the plug-in. Yeah. So it wouldn't take much to boost that up to yeah. where you could get it to where you're maxing this out on a 110 outlet yeah. and not having to do anything. And you don't need a significant electrical infrastructure improvements at your house. Yep. And then the moment that you decide to take a road trip, you get your first 30 miles electric and then all of a sudden, boom, it kicks into what, hybrid what if everybody? What if everybody's cars today, and this is a great test to tell people or ask people, what if your car today, you could go 30 miles a day for free or very little amount of money and not have any fuel prices? How much fuel would you buy through the week? Well, if that's every day, take 30 miles a day times, say, six days, seven days, you know, that adds up. You're looking you know, 150 to 200 miles a, a week at that point. I live about a mile and a half from my kid's school and our grocery store is probably two, three miles down the road. And my wife, just in the, the, the circumstances of life and driving around with kids and everything with sports, which is nearby and everything, will still use almost a full tank of gas a week. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that means that you're adding an extra 300 bucks a month and gas cost right now, um, where you could be basically paying an extra 20 bucks, 10, 20 bucks in electric, uh, if there was that plug in hybrid option. So I definitely think so that it's 36 bucks a, a week, if you did it that way, just every day you went 28 miles, you averaged about 19 miles a gallon <clears throat> on regular. You do that by $3 and 50 cents. And you're looking about thirty six bucks a day. I think three fifty right now. Seven. With so. I th gas prices have gone up in the last couple it, of weeks. I, have, I, I so. think that three fifty for this region is what it is. But a lot of the areas of the United States, you know, and and abroad probably are even higher than that right now. Yes, I mean not a lot of savings, but it's still substantial. It goes from how much did you say? <laughs> how much was the dollar amount for the gas? Like forty bucks a week. Forty bucks a week. Thirty eight. To, like to then changing to something like four bucks in electric. If that much, yeah. If that much, yeah. So I mean, you're you're going from one hundred and fifty dollars a month in gas to twelve dollars. I mean, an that's extra, on this one at twenty eight mile range. Yeah. What happens when you get fifty mile range or seven? And I think the plug in hybrid sweet spot would be getting up to forty fifty. There's some plug in hybrids which we'll talk about um, coming up once we research. Yeah, we'll it, probably have to do a full episode on uh, the plug in hybrid. But there's some there's some vehicles that get PHEVs. Yeah. Bev. <laughs> Anyways, uh, there's some vehicles that, that are out that I think get 30s and maybe low 40s right now uh, for the plug-in hybrid range. But, you know, for being a truck, uh, you know, getting... I would like this. Yeah. I mean, it would be it would be interesting to get one and see how it does. Um, and it's a good introduction into the electric world yep. for those people who aren't 100% sold on it. Mm -hmm. I think plug-in hybrids are a great first step because you can get the tax credit. You can get around town, you know, EV experience and kind of experience it all. And then you could obviously take your road trips and, you know, still have the, the comfort of knowing that you're not going to be dealing with the charging infrastructure as that improves. So next item. So we're going to talk about a few things real quick so we can get into our manufacturer spotlight, which today we'll be talking about the Dodge Hellcat or the new whatever it is. It's going to be the uh, Banshee. It's still going to be a... Uh, I've, I've seen about five different versions of it, but uh, Charger Daytona SRT BEV Banshee. So anyway, you have Volvo. They made the announcement that all diesel vehicles from Volvo will be done by 20, 
24. So if you want your diesel Volvo, you better get it now. Uh, Which I think I think that has its largest use case abroad. Yep. Or it's, I mean, I, I think a lot of, and I noticed this when I was uh, living abroad, a lot of vehicles outside of the United States, a lot more vehicles proportionally are diesel or otherwise. And wagons, yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a gigantic use of um, Mercedes had a, a big presence with their, it's, I forgot what the name of it is. It's like a larger van. It's like a box van, basically. But uh, the transport of people happened all the time in those type of Mercedes vans. And they were they had some that were propane, and they had uh, a lot of them that were diesel. Um, and so I think foreign use case had a lot more diesel usage. Um, but locally, I mean, do they sell a ton of Volvo? That I don't are, think so. Yeah. Um, not diesel. Um, the Pulsars are, I've seen a few of the Pulsars around here. So I don't think it's going to affect us that much in our markets, but everywhere else it probably will have some impact. Um, and then you have Lexus also coming out and saying that they will be introducing their new modular EV concept probably before the October um, um, uh introduction to everybody and uh, right now it looks like on the upper end that's going to be around 500 mile range so and that's kind of like the smaller like an suv um i remember lexus lexus corner of the market for small to mid-size suvs yep. but so, that I gets mean, back into the toyota part what is their you know because they've been kind of slow to throw i it in saw here. i don't know the legitimacy of this i saw a news article today saying that toyota was going to be dropping their I have to look it up. But I think yeah. Thank you for coming in with half news that you have. <laughs> well, maybe I, I saw a news article. I think saying that Toyota wanted to enter the EV scene by 2026, and they're promising 800 kilometer range, which I have to go back and backtrack the math. I think is 500. Yeah, roughly. be around that same. Number. Um, I, I'll, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, um, and again, that's they're coming in late. You know, um, which like we discussed last week or the week it was last week the uh, the. Toyota and a couple of those, like Honda don't really have a gigantic presence in the EV industry at all right now. They have none. Uh, Honda has the one coming out, and Toyota has just mastered hybrids. But um, for them to come into the EV game, I'm, I'm sure they're going to work. And they do make with. a plug in hybrid because uh, my neighbor's uh, daughter has one of those and is extremely pleased with how it is. She's a doctor out west, um, and they were telling me how. Uh, that vehicle has just been great for her. And uh, so that's really cool that they that they have that. Unfortunately, it's, you know. September 14th, really. So this is a week ago. But they're saying that uh, the Japanese automakers saying that new EVs due out in 2026 will feature nearly 500-mile range. Um, so they're, they're basically working on some new battery uh, prototypes that are basically going to get 500-mile range. Um, they're working on basically, I guess, perfecting that. Um, but that's something that they're introducing in 2026. Um, uh, they're looking at some different battery tech, including popularization lithium phosphate batteries, um, and some advanced EV stuff, including that solid state that we were talking about. Well, that, that made me also go into something I was reading this weekend about, uh, Toyota again, since we're on that topic real quick, that's not in here. So car and driver, they get vehicles and test them and, yeah. and they just did the 10,000 miles on their hybrid V6, uh, Toyota Tundra. And it averaged 16 miles a gallon as a hybrid V6 after 10,000 miles. That's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah. So, you know, um, 
again, it depends on how you use it, but I'm sure that what's car the driver, advertised range on it? I have no clue. Yeah. I have no clue. I wasn't expecting 16 for a, but we were surprised when our, our tests, which, you know, which is, you know, looking at the numbers to see what our, our, uh, partners, uh, uh, truck averaged his F-150. He has a Lariat hybrid F-150 and, you know, he was pushing with all three of us in there about 22, 23 miles a gallon. I was expecting it to be 30. 28, 27. Sometimes hybrid doesn't really mean much. Yeah. Because I had a, I, I think we talked about this once, but I had yeah. a, uh, my truck before my Lightning was an F-150, um, but it was just a base STX, which is a XL with some sports But you're package. like a tall mutant. It's but it was just, a, it, it was just a 3.0. Like it was just a base, like a uh, EcoBoost, like just a base engine. And I was getting uh, two or 21, pretty consistently, 20 to 21 MPGs. So he gets a Lariat, um, but he gets the hybrid and gets twenty two to twenty four with six hundred mile range. So. Yeah, I mean with the extended uh, with the extended tank, but nonetheless, like that's not a significant improvement for being a so hybrid. So the EPA estimated combined for that Tundra is twenty twenty. Yeah, that's, I was just looking it up. Yeah, uh, long termer is only averaging an alarming thirteen mile. Okay, so there is people out there that have this that are showing. That it is only getting thirteen. If I miles bought a hybrid and you got thirteen miles oh, to the gallon, man. I would. I'd be hot. Drive the vehicle <laughs> off a cliff. <laughs> uh, yeah. So no, I mean that's that's something that I mean hybrids can only take you so far before you you're dealing with issues. And there's certain models of hybrids like the trucks that they cannot get certain range on, and that's where you're going to have to look at you know more electric tech. Yep. Um, but nonetheless, that's all that's, right. Before we go yeah. into our spotlight on the vehicles. I'm going to go one more. If you, if you're not looking at, there's a cut, there is a group that I follow on Twitter or on uh, X and it is clean Techna, and they always have some really cool articles. Technica. 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 Clean Technica. Yeah. That's what I said. Didn't I? Anyway. It's a Techna. Well, anyway, <laughs> so they were showing the, uh, electric for the world top selling from January to June of this year. And number one is the model Y. At five hundred and seventy nine thousand model Ys, and this is number that, two is the is the model three. And this is at, January through June, so this yeah. is the first half of the year. Half of two hundred and seventy nine thousand three hundred and twenty, and then you get into the BYD, which I don't know what this means. Where you have the darker and the lighter might be ordered and then delivered, but they got roughly two hundred and fifty thousand for that one. Another BYD. At two hundred thousand, another BYD at two hundred thousand, another BYD at one hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, Wooling, uh, Hong Wong, yeah, <laughs> at one hundred and twenty thousand. But G-A-T. you're seeing this entire list is vehicles not sold in the United States. None of them, None other than the, mo- the the Tesla, obviously. You have but- the X. You have the XC40, which is here. That is a Volvo at fifty thousand. Have a VW ID3, which I think you can get that here. I've seen the Audi. Q4 for the Honda 18th down the list. A Honda Hyundai Ionic is 19th. 19th and then 20th is another BYD. So Ford, Chevy and Dodge, none of them are on here. I don't think there's Just for Dodge the sake anyway. of knowledge for this sheet that we're looking at, the light is the full electric and the dark is the plug-in the plug-in hybrid. Ah, okay. Good. Okay, down here. Same model, they just have a plug-in and a full uh, for the BYD. Yeah, I wouldn't count the plug-in for it. But, but what what you can notice out of this is 
globally, there's a ton more EV sales than you see locally because, you know, the BYD in the third through sixth slots almost sold a million vehicles in the first half of the year. And we don't sell BYD in the United States. Tesla is a juggernaut though. And Tesla, you can obviously see is the largest uh, seller here, but they also have a global presence. And yep. so, yeah. And, and, and speaking of Tesla, let that will take us into our manufacturer spotlight because they have the, um, they have the plaid edition. And if I'm thinking what Dodge's best drag car would be, I'm thinking that they would want to go up against other vehicles. So that kind of gets the the new vehicle that Dodge is coming out with. Uh, uh, two or three reports have come out to where Challengers and the Charger will be done by the 31st of this year. So you cannot get another Charger or Challenger by the end of the year. Don't know if that's true or not. Uh, there's about four different stories that showed that. Some are showing 2024 for that. Uh, but the replacement is going to be a Charger Daytona SRT BEV, and it was announced last year in August. But they are got all have, the it got all the buzz when they yep. when they dropped the announcement on it. And they're using, you know, the packages are the 340, the 440, and then a SRT Banshee. Uh, obviously, 340 and 440 is iconic when it comes to Dodges. That is your your displacement. Uh, they say that this is going to be the number of the voltage, I guess, is what they're wanting to go with or something like that. So, okay, that I guess that'll work. Uh, but the the large one you're looking at, you know, uh, for the horsepower, four, 455 for the smaller one, up to 590, and then the, the Banshee over 750. But this is kind of where I'm looking at this going, man, why don't you try to go ahead and do something that is part of that heritage of, I, I want to be the fastest. Because if you're looking at 750 horsepower, that's not much more than our trucks. That's no. not much more than a lot of trucks. And I mean, the proportionally, the vehicle weight's going to edit the speed. But I mean, this this article, which is coming from a, uh, a, a uh, that I'm pulling up, which is coming from a Dodge dealership talking about the vehicle, was basically saying that it could have up to 100, 807 horsepower, 700 pound-feet of torque, and be able to go zero to sixty in under three point five. Yeah, but now they're bl they're basing that off of Dodge saying that it would beat the Hellcat, and if it beats the Hellcat, those are the Hellcat numbers because they've not released anything yet. So, uh, but you know, here's the thing: the Plaid goes zero to sixty under two seconds. It's yes, advertised as point. I think it's one point nine nine. Yeah. There are people that are on slicks on tracks getting 1.8. Yeah. And it's like, that's ridiculous for the amount of power that. But you're going to drop a, a competitor, a competitor sports car. You're, you're marketing yourself as a sports car and you're going to go as fast as my truck. Like, you know, like, yeah, that's the problem with it. And it, it you know, they're, they're expecting the cost to be north of 80,000. Well, that means most people are out. That's of it. competitive with the plaid. Yeah. But well, the plaid, if you take all the other stuff off of it, you know, not the comparison or any of that, then you're looking at around 108,000 is the lowest they, it starts at for the plaid. The now, plaid is down to 90. Is it 90 now? Strip. Okay. That was yeah. today. I looked on the Tesla website. And then I did the comparison on taking this out and taking that out to where I had just a bare price. I think, let me pull it up just while you continue to verify. 
oh yeah, go ahead and verify me because I don't know what I'm talking about anyway. So, But if it's 80000 and you have a 340, for example, the smaller one, and that's the starting price, then you know that the higher model, the Banshee, is going to be well over 100000 And then when you look at the numbers, the sheer numbers of cars that Tesla is selling right now, you're selling you know, probably a million cars a year that are EVs. Your batteries are, you're, you're selling more batteries. Just the same batteries that's going into the mega pack, that's going out to power stations and everything. All of those batteries make your batteries cheaper for your vehicles because you're doing it in scale. No other EV automaker right now, except for these Chinese and some of these others are doing that. So It says vehicle price, 89990 I bet the, it has a lot For the Plaid, of- now that does not have... Um, larger rims. It doesn't have. Yeah, so um, that's space. It doesn't have the autopilot, the self-driving capability. All that's removed. And I don't see any of that being on the toy or on the dog. I model. doubt it. Yeah. You so know. I mean, ninety thousand for a vehicle that goes one point nine nine. Now, obviously, I'm sure the Hellcat's going to be. It's going to be nice, and it's going to be kind of cool. But again, it's going to be more of a sports car feel. But to go almost twice as slow. <laughs> yeah, if, like if it was two point five, to, like to two point two, I'd be like, okay, I get it. And we're but and we're kind of being five, about it now. Oh, I too. get it, I mean, but I mean, like, if I'm buying a Dodge Hellcat, yeah, I would expect it to be one of the fastest vehicles on the road, and not like, oh, put it on the line against my F one fifty Lightning, and it's gonna barely beat it. Like it's just. Eh. Well, you do have the Fretzonic chambered exhaust. So I thought originally that was they were going to put a sound into it of a of an actual engine. So hey, it doesn't have an engine. It's its own unique noise, but it's the sound of the motors. But they're amplifying that sound, so they're making it sound. And I guess that's more to get people, you know, uh, a part of the feel of the vehicle. When you stomp it, you hear it inside the car, and they do that anyway. I I know Ford and some of these other car companies. They will pump sound into the uh, sound system of the engine to make it sound as if you're really getting ready to go so it's it's more of creating that feel to it but again it's artificial yeah. and you know i i hope that it happens i'm a, i like dodge um i love dodge chargers um had some growing up so would love to see this do well um it looks really good um i don't know i don't see and they've not released much after last year they released a couple tidbits of information but we still don't know the true zero to 60 on their best we don't know any price don't know the size of the batteries don't know the range of any of them so there's a lot of unknowns and it says that they're going to have to that they're going to try to have it available next year but uh, even at that we've seen how hard it is to ramp up some of these things and at the same time they're doing their pickup trucks as well and they've not even released dates of these yeah i mean the ram the ram truck excites me more than this does yeah and even at that the truck that they showed a lot yeah and then they said but this is the one we're making and i'm like eh, you know wish.com version so um you know it do i like it yes is it probably something i'm wanting to buy Mm, i don't know I'd have to wait and see what I can do to get excited over it because I don't see much different. Than They're saying the Ram truck will get 4.4, 0 to 60. So it'll be slower than the Lightning. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know It'll be that. a big, heavy a big heavy truck. But Both of them are heavy. Though. Yeah. I mean, it's the same size truck, so hmm. um, I didn't expect that to be slower. Yeah. Hmm. wonder what Chevy's will be. Look it up while you're talking about it. <laughs> everything, everything can be Googled in a flash. 
Our duck, duck, goat. Yep, so dead air. So that's basically what that is all about. So that is all the news we're going to have today. Wow, just in the first quarter of this year, 400. Um, and we have a Tesla person. 0 to 60 in less than 4.5. So even the, the, so the Lightning being the first on the market is still going to beat all these vehicles. That's so they have more range, but not as much performance. Well, they also have a lot larger battery, too. Yeah. And they're having to carry that weight so around. So the speed is affected by the, the 0 the to 60 is affected by the weight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's why the weight's always kind of critical. So, there all right. Are. Well, we're going to take a five minute here and get a hold of our speaker, and then we'll go from there. And we're back. We have Stephen Crow on the phone from good old Johnson City, Tennessee. Are you there, Stephen? Yes, sir. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So you drive a Tesla Model Y, is that correct? That's correct. And if I'm correct, you got that relatively recently, right? Yeah, it's been about five, six weeks now. Ooh, gotcha. So how, let's start with what got you into it. What were you driving and what motivated you to buy the Tesla Model Y? Um, well, it, um, I was driving a, uh, it was a 2019 Jeep Grand Cherokee and, um, for business purposes, I, I use my vehicle to, to take me from job to job. I'm a photographer and, and, um, I would fill up almost twice a week at, at about between 70 and $75, um, per fill up. So you're looking at about $150 a week in gas money um, just to get me around and get me to my jobs. And I was talking to my father-in-law, and he's had a, a Tesla for a couple of years now. And he said that I need to go ahead and take the plunge and, and look into getting one. And he gave me all sorts of insight and, and guidance to, to make sure that I knew what I was getting into or at least had a, a feeling for what I would be getting into with, with And so how has, I mean, obviously, since you're still relatively in the space, um, how has your experience been in the transition from gas to electric? It's been pretty seamless. Um, I would say at first, knowing, knowing how you're going to charge your vehicle, um, knowing where, if you're not at home, where, how are you going to um, find a place? And there's there's different, obviously, there's different apps for that. But um, and then the, I guess the biggest thing is um, once you've got that figured out, how you're going to make sure you charge your vehicle at home? Uh, there's different options. How fast do you want to charge? How fast do you need to charge at home? And the decision that I made was to go ahead and go with the, the super, or not the supercharger, but the uh, the wall charger from Tesla. And it gives me right at about 44 miles an hour uh, of, of charge. So after a long day, um, it could take me about four hours to charge up the vehicle. Which is all, which is all you'd ever need. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for, yeah. for, for residential driving, I mean, I've, 
I'm in the same boat. I wired in the Ford Pro Charger uh, to my house, and I mean, I think mine's uh, my battery pack's bigger than yours. Uh, it's not about size of the battery pack. The size matters, man. Uh, <laughs> but the uh, but yeah, I mean the my vehicle, our vehicle's what Jesse five hours, five to six hours. Yeah. So I mean, but in that use case, I've never, I've never needed, I've never needed more. So I mean, that's that's absolutely fine. I'm guessing that was just a, a direct connection with like a hundred amp breaker in your box. Um, I think they put in, I think they put in a sixty amp. That's I think uh, it, it goes up to, I think it charges at forty eight, but you need the extra um, capability in the line to make sure that there's so, not a some sort of fire hazard. So, I guess. So so my no. breaker is bigger than yours. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you gotta you gotta compensate. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> but um, so so having a charger at home is is a huge plus. And and at first, you know, you think about it, and you're just like, well, I guess I'll have to charge all night. And that's not even the case. You know, I'll get home from jobs sometimes, um, and and just plug it straight in, and it's not. The, the Tesla battery isn't like other batteries where uh, I guess it, it, well, it is smart technology. It, it doesn't have battery memory, so you can keep charging it, keep it on the charger and it'll just do its thing. So um, the, the guidance that I received was just, you know, keep it charged and if you're not using it, just don't worry about charging. So uh, like over the weekend, if I'm not driving anywhere, I don't even have it plugged up. Yeah. So. And I mean, uh, the, the only time I leave it leave it plugged up is one, either when I'm charging or two, if I intend, especially in the wintertime, uh, I park outside right now. And so, I mean, like I, I use it to plug in for some of the preconditioning purposes. Um, but I mean, you don't really have to do that if you're, you know, stowed and you have enough right. energy to get you through the next day. Um, but yeah, I mean, so... Obviously, that transition's been nice. What's been your favorite part about owning the electric vehicle? Um, oh, goodness. Um, I would say it's, it's a comfortable ride. Um, it, it's just different. I mean, it's, it's a quieter ride. It's a smooth, for me, it's a smoother ride. You know, coming from a Jeep, um, Big difference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the family loves it. My kids love to drive it. My, my wife, it's, it's, you know, anytime she wants to go run an errand, she, you know, wants to, to jump in the Tesla and take it. And uh, so it's just, it's, it's been, overall, it's, it's, it's been great. Yeah. So, and but my favorite is the, is the, honestly, is the saving of gas. I, I drive about, anywhere from 150 to 275 miles a day and from Mountain City down I'm heading to Rogersville right now and I haven't had any issues of, of being able to make it to all my destinations my jobs within one day so it's been it's been that's been a huge thing I've, I think I've put close to 5,000 miles on this in six weeks wow. so yeah, well, I mean, that's that's obviously, I mean, I, I think that's the largest value is if you're going to use it for residential, regional purposes and you can charge at home, 
then you're not dealing with the pricing of, of the supercharger network, which is still cheaper than gas, but uh, you save a ton of money when you're charging from your house. Um, have you had yeah. to use the public charging infrastructure? Well, when I first when I first got the Tesla, uh, I didn't have. I've got a for my for my in laws. They had an RV and we had a, a RV jack or receptacle put in, uh, so they could when they were traveling around the U.S. They'd stop by and you know plug into to the house. So I had a thirty amp um, when I first got got the Tesla. I was using the Tesla charger that plugs right into the wall. Yeah, and that it, 110 volts is like one mile an hour. Yeah, it's real bad. Two. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's horrible. So, yeah, when I first plugged it in, it said like a week for full <laughs> charge. Yeah. Makes you worried, don't so, it? <laughs> and, and, and so I had it, I had, <clears throat> until I got uh, my power situation, my charging situation remedy, um, I went up to Bristol and used the supercharger a couple times. And um, that was, that was relatively simple and easy and within 15 minutes you know you're done yeah. and if you, you know if you're charging up to 100 percent, that last that last 80 85 percent is slower but to get up to 80 percent from I, I think i pulled in at about five percent it only took uh about 15 minutes yeah and i mean a lot of superchargers won't actually take the battery i don't know if tesla's the same way but a lot of superchargers won't take your battery over 90 but between 80 and 90 the speed for our trucks is half of um the performance so for my truck i will usually get about 150 to 170 delivered um when i'm you know at peak charging you know going from 15 to 80 but then as soon as it hit 80 it automatically drops to 80 to 90 tops uh, so usually 75 uh, because it, it's it's preserving your battery life in the in the yeah, charging. This past experience. week, I coming back from Nashville, it I was able to get a, a high of 120, and then went down to 105, and that was after going to three different. I had it was the fourth charging unit that I was able to get that much. But we're on. not using Tesla charging network. Yeah. We're using a uh, inferior system. Yeah, a rough system there <laughs> uh, near uh, Cookville. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and I just saw where Tesla put in their 50,000 50, um, uh, Yeah, Yeah. The Tesla network is definitely farther along than uh, the re the other, you know, the CCS charging network. They have a lot more chargers on the road, but uh, it's just a matter of, you know, building the network out for everybody. The infrastructure we're building, we're hoping to appeal to both, you know, uh, Tesla everybody. drivers and CCS drivers by having dual ports on ours. Um, but that's something that nonetheless, I mean, you've ruined it. You've let everybody know our secret now. So top secret. Yeah. We weren't going to tell anybody that we were going to have CCS <laughs> and a, uh, NACS, but now, now our competitors are there. We go. Us, so, 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 so for you, I mean, last question is going to be, you know, in your drive experience, obviously it seems like it's been good. Uh, two part question. One, is there any negative that you've experienced in your like do you have any negative things to say about that transition um and then two go ahead answer question one first yeah well the, the first the, the only thing is range anxiety when you when i first got it, it and that took about two maybe three weeks to kind of get a feel for it but range range anxiety is a is a real thing where um like heading up to mountain city and having two or three jobs up there um you know will i have enough energy 
to, to, to bring me back to, to Johnson City or someplace where I can charge. And that's, that's probably the, the only thing that I would say, if, if you want to call it a negative, but after, after a couple of weeks, you, you get a feel for it. You really, I get more miles in the Tesla on a full, full charge than my wife does in her Ford Explorer. Uh, I get about 20 to 30 more miles um, than she does. On a, the range of the long range is what, like almost 400, right? Uh, well, no, it's it, it with the new battery that just came out. I believe that the new range is, is up to 400. I think it's the, the the EPA or whatever they they go by within spec is is somewhere right around um, 340 on a on a 100 percent charge. But um, you know, realistically, keeping it at 80 90 percent, you're I average anywhere from at 80%, I get about 290 and at, um, 90%, 100%, I get, uh, is it 315 right now. Okay. Yeah. And I'm sure residentially, if you're driving up, down, uh, in, on a slower pace, you're probably going to get a, a little bit better than that. Um, with our trucks, you know, I'm seeing three, uh, 40, 350 around town, but on the highway, it's like 280 cause my advertised range is 320 um i was at 252 down there because you're a maniac (laughs) (laughs) well last question then is you know in your experience if you know if you are having a good experience do you have your eyes set on a dream ev vehicle or are you content with where you're at now no i'm i'm content with what i have now if if anything um we'll, we'll probably keep you know one ice vehicle and one standard vehicle just in case we we need one but um i think we're going to be looking at a another ev within a couple of years within a year maybe two um for my wife to have yeah once so, you once you get that better charging network regionally then it'll definitely that help a lot it'll definitely too. help won't it yeah <laughs> yeah but it's been it's been awesome i i have no i really really have no complaints so awesome perfect well thank you for your time today Stephen. Appreciate the insight. You bet. You bet. And uh, I'm just arriving at a job, so that was great timing. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you for your time. All right. You guys have a blessed day. Take you care. Too. You too. All right. So that was Tesla. Another Tesla. Happy Tesla person. Yep. So let's get into Tesla a little bit more next week. Yeah, we got we got to dive in and, we'll and talk pop, about their charging network. About, yep. Get in. I guess now we can. We're close enough with our project. We can probably get into what our systems could kind of be in comparison. We'll talk a little bit about uh, what could happen. Yep. So, all right. Been another episode. Thank you all.